0: Okay, have to continue getting ready for Rosh Hashanah. It says in Shulchan Aruch, everyone knows. It says in Shulchan Aruch Tavkuf and some Tavkuf Pei Gimel. It's a minig that's based on a Gemara. The Shulchan Aruch says, Rogil Lachol Hashanah," that a person should accustom oneself to eat on Rosh Hashanah. Rubia, karsi, salka, tamri. Shulchan Aruch lists a number of foods. Which are not uh, religious in nature; they're not. There's no particular mitzvah to eat them, but the names that these foods have can be turned into a tefillah, right? So uh, pomegranates and things like that. Says the Rosh Hashanah: So you should eat them on Rosh Hashanah. We eat them Rosh Hashanah night. When you eat them, you should say he a whole tefillah, asking Hashanah for something that relates to the name of that particular food. So uh, for pomegranate, sheyubas chayseina and so on and so forth. This is, this is what's called the simonim, the signs of Rosh Hashanah night. So this is an interesting phenomenon. The, gemara, the source of this is a gemara. The gemara says that there is such an idea as doing something that is a simon type. It's a good sign. Not necessarily that, uh, you know, without doing the simon doesn't mean that it's not going to be, that you're not going to have a good year, without eating a pomegranate seed, but it's a simon type. And because of this idea of doing a semen so the halach is, the minig is, to do it on Leil Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah night. What needs explanation is this Indian of doing some, dafka and Rosh Hashanah we find this Indian of doing something which be'etzem, or, or we're engaging in an activity, or we're involving oneself with a particular object or item that doesn't have be'etzem, doesn't seem to have any religious significance by itself, but yet we're going out of our way to give it some religious significance. That's what the simanim are. There's nothing particularly of or religious or holy about a carrot, but uh, when you eat it, so you could make a yiratzin based on the translation of the word carrot and a you could uh, turn it into a religious act. This inyan of doing that, of taking something which is again neutral and 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 chol mundane secular, and using it as a simantayf. You know, incorporating it, incorporating it into Havadis Hashem, we find this by Rosh Hashanah. Not only do we find this idea by the Simanim, but we also find it by the Minig that's brought down from the Kadmainim of doing Tashlich. The idea of Tashlich is not something that we find in Chazal. It's not from the Gemara. It's not from Midrashim. It's something that came up a little later in history. We you know, the Pasuk says, it's a Pasuk, the Pasuk says, that Hashem will throw all of our theirs into the ocean, into the yam. And because of that, the minig is to go to a to go to a body of water and to say tashluch. Now, it's interesting. The Kaf brings down the following minig. He says like this, minig He says the minig of Yushalayim is Yushalayim so doesn't have any large natural bodies of water. So it might be difficult for a person to find a river or a stream to do tashluch by. So what would they do in Yushalayim? So he says, They would go to the well. Wells they had, had water in it. So they would go to tasha by the well. Now, says here's the point. Sometimes, sometimes, there, there will be a situation of where, let's say, the well was dried up, and there was no water in it. The water was already, already used. Still, The minig of the Makubalim of the yeshiva of Betel, was to do tashlich by a bar, by, a, by a, a well, even if there was no water in it. For who? I, this is not a, a, yam, a yam, you're supposed to have water. For who? Says the Kavichai, the reason is, the yam that the Posec describes our verse being being thrown into is not the body of water that you're standing next to. That's referring to the Ikra el Yam Whatever a Yam means in the spiritual world in its root, whatever that Indian it that is that's called a Yam in Shemayim that's where the Rabbanah is bringing us the Tahara from. The only reason why we go to a physical Yam down here, a physical body of water, is a rem, it's a simmon. It's a siman. So a, 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 a pond, a lake, a river, whatever it is, doesn't have any religious significance, but because this is called a yam, and there's such a thing in the harbor that's called a yam. So as a sim and toiv, as a rem, as we go to a yam down here, but it says the Kafaim, if you don't have a yam, still say tashlach, <laughs> you still say tashlach, because only your rem is baalma. Again, once again, you see this Indian by Rosh Hashanah that we take something that is, what seems to be inherently neutral or mundane and irrelevant, to like a pond, and somehow we're transforming it into a tool of havoidah, whether it be pomegranate seeds, a fish head, or, or, a, or a river and a lake and a pond and a body of water. What's this Indian by Rosh Hashanah of taking again of taking something that's neutral and insignificant and using it as an instrument of avodah? Well, why is that related to Rosh Hashanah? Aleph, Bays. Another Indian when it comes to Rosh Hashanah, an interesting minig. The Ramah, in the end of simon Tavkuf Pei Beis brings down Yesh Kaimas Nay again. There are places that have a minig Lelech Alakvaris that Erev Rosh Hashanah, they go to the Beis they go to a cemetery, and they dive in there, and they give Tzedakah to to go to a Beis to go to a Beis to, to, to go to a cemetery. Why? So Mishnumur brings down that the reason is not in order to bring out a certain seriousness and to remind us of, uh, you know, the, uh, the final, the, 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 the you know, their life ultimately has an end. But he says, no. The real in of going to obey Sakvaris before Rosh Hashanah is to be makashi yourself and to connect to the union of davening by Kivri Tzidikim. That's the Indian. Davening is strong over there. So we find this Indian, Davka, by Rosh Hashanah, to be makasha oneself to Tzidikim, and even specifically Tzidikim that have passed away. This in of connecting the Now, by the way, this is something we find even in Rosh Hashanah itself. It's not recorded in Shulchan Aruch, but you do see this historically that by the Jewish people there is an Indian of a person going to a tzaddik for Rosh Hashanah. You know, even before Uman or besides Uman, there's such an Indian of going to a person's rabbi, even by the Litvish world to go back to the yeshiva that that uh, that, that that that's you know that, that where your rebbe is. This Indian of connecting to a rabbi, connecting to a tzaddik, dafka by Rosh Hashanah. Needs explanation. What's the Indian that Rosh Hashanah Dafke has this? Okay. Fine. So, in the parasha we have the mitzvah of Bikurim. Bikurim, a farmer in Eretz grows one of the Sheva and the first of the fruits, the first of the crop emerges and blossoms. So, he has to take that particular first, you know, whether it be a date or a pomegranate or a cluster of grapes, that first uh, that first fruit of the Sheva Go to the Beis HaMikdash, present it to the Kayan, And that's the mitzvah of Bikurim. And he reads a whole parsha. There's bringing the Bikurim. There's Mikra Bikurim, as we'll see. It's the mitzvah of Bikurim. Now, in Chazal, we find that the mitzvah of Bikurim is very much related to Rosh Hashanah. Chazal even saying in the Medrash that it was in the schus of the mitzvah of Bikurim that the Rav created the world. Bikurim is the ending of Reishas. It's the ending of, of, of a first fruit. And Davka bringing the first fruit the Besam Migdash, I mentioned in the past that the Beis Migdash in place is related to Rosh Hashanah in time. We call it Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we call it Yom Neroim, days of awe. That word Noira is first mentioned regarding the place of the Beis Migdash. Yaakov Avinu goes to sleep and he says about that place that he slept, the place of the Besam Migdash, So the in of Bikurim of taking the ratios, the first of one's fruits, and uniting it and being able to experience that Rosh properly in Beis HaMikdash, that's in it of Rosh Hashanah. Th- thus is Rosh Hashanah, that the first day of the year, the Rosh the first day of the year, has, it, has in it the kedusha of Beis HaMikdash, of Man Noir HaMakam Yom So the day of Rosh Hashanah is itself an in Indian of Bikurim of where the Rosh Hashanah is being, is being connected and being lined and unified with the Indian of kedusha HaMikdash. So, so just like that in, in space you have the rachis, the first fruit that's brought in that place of the Beis HaMikdash, so to in time, the first day of the year is being injected with Kedush HaMikdash and it's becoming Rosh Hashanah the, the, the day of the Yom Narayim so to understand Rosh Hashanah properly, it's always a good idea to investigate the Mitzvah of Bikurim okay, so as I mentioned the Mitzvah Bikurim is comprised of two parts you have the Mitzvah of what's called Havas Bikurim bringing the Bikurim that's the first fruit the farmer brings and he presents it to the Kayin, and so on. And then you have the mitzvah of Mikra of reading the parsha that the Torah designates the farmer to read when he brings the bikurim. That's what the Pasik says that when he comes to, to bring the, the bikurim to the Kayan, he presents it to the Kayan. The Anisava Marta, and then he has to proclaim, he has to read this whole parjah, Arami Aviravi, Verimitsarima, the whole mice of Hadharabanishlailam. Took us, us to Yisrael, and finally I'm here, and these are my first fruits. The whole parsha of Mikra Bikurim of Now the pasuk ends off at the end of the parsha of Bikurim, so bring the Bikurim and, and Mikra Bikurim. So the parsha ends off after all of that. The <coughs> samachta and you should rejoice in all the good. That Hashem has given you and your family at you the the you should all be besimcha, and you should cause others to joy, to be joyful. So this is what we're going to be focused on for the next few minutes. What does the pasuk mean when it says You should rejoice in all the good. First of all, who is it talking to? Because there's two people that the parsha of bikurim is revolving around. There's the farmer, and there's the kohen, right? The farmer is the one that brings the bikurim and reads the parsha of Ramayaviravi. But the kain is the one that takes the bikurim, goes home and eats it. So, who is it talking to when it says Vesemachta? Number one and days. What does it mean exactly Vesemachta? In, in what sense? In what way? How do I? What does it mean to be joyful, practically? So that's what we're going to be discussing. Okay. So it's like this. There, what, let's learn some halacha about that pasuk of Vesemachta, and then we'll see the penimius and bes Hashem, It'll it'll help us understand Rosh Hashanah. I think. Okay. So th- there seems to be a stira. Between two sugyas in the Gemara Bavli, in terms of what this plastic means, who is it talking to, and what is it trying to say? There's one sugya in Yuvamis, and there's one sugya in Mesachis Pesach. Okay? So it's the Gemara Yuvamis, it's the uh, Ayin Gimel. The Gemara Yuvamis says as follows the, the Gemara quotes a Mishnah and Bikurim. A little bit of background first. The the, the Mishnah we as again I mentioned before that there's a mitzvah of bringing bikurim and 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 then on top of that there's a mitzvah of reading the parsha, kriyas bikurim, mikra bikurim. So the Mishnah in bikurim tells us it doesn't explain why how we know this, but the Mishnah in bikurim tells us that in order to fulfill the mitzvah of mikra bikurim, of bringing bikurim and then specifically reading the parsha, you have a certain window of time. You have a certain window of time of when you can bring bikurim and then be able to fulfill the mitzvah of reading. Of Mikra Bikurm, of reading the Parsha. And that is from Shavuos until Sukkot. That's your window of time. From Shavuos until Sukkot, that's if you bring Bikuram then, that's when you can read the Parsha of of Aviravi and fulfill the mitzvah properly. But once Sukkot comes, then any Bikurm that you might bring after that, you could still theoretically bring it until Hanukkah, but once it's already Sukkot, then you can't read Rami Aviravi, you've lost your opportunity to fulfill that mitzvah. That's the mission of Bikurm. So the Gemara Yivamis picks up on that and is asking, why? How do I know that? What's the source of that? That that's my window from Shavuos until Sukkot. And on this the Gemara says, the source is this pasuk of Vesamach Dabakol Now let me explain how this is the source and what the Gemara Yivamis is trying to say. The Gemara is telling us that Vesamach Dabakol again, the first question is, who is this pasuk addressing? Is it talking to the farmer? Is it talking to the kayan? Says the Gemara Yivamis, this pasuk is talking to the farmer. The farmer is the one that brings the vikurim, He's the one that has to read the parsha of Rami and comes the pasuk and gives him a, a commandment, the samachta that he should rejoice in all the good God has that God has bestowed upon him, and, and 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 this is what it means. The pasuk of the samachta is not a third mitzvah. It's not like a third obligation. You have to bring the bikurim, one. He has to read the parsha, and he also has to be happy. <coughs> Says the Gemara, explains the Gemara that the samachta is a explanation or an understanding of what the whole Indian of Mikr Bikurim is about. The purpose of reading the parish of Rami Rehavi, says the Gemara, explains the Gemara, is not like Kriyashma, just to read Psukim. The purpose of saying Rami Rehavi is in order for the farmer to feel besimcha over the goodness that God has bestowed upon him personally. What's the goodness that God has bestowed upon him personally? The fact that his crop was that he's that he had a good harvest. And so in order to evoke Simcha, in order to bring Simcha into him, he has to put his life in perspective. And therefore the Torah says, read Arami Rami go back to Jewish history, realize that Hashem, that you were Mitzrayim and Hashem took you out and he brought you into Eretz put life into context and from there appreciate the, the, the gift that Hashem has given you and how unbelievable it is that this is, coming, this is something that started way back when Hashem, you know, to our ancestors, was all leading up to this moment of you being Zayche to have a good harvest. And with that, v'samachta bekalatayv, you'll feel, you'll rejoice over your harvest and over your success in, in in business this year as a farmer. And so the whole Indian of Mikr says the Gemara is in order to evoke this sense of simcha. This is in fact clear in Rashi also. I mean, everyone knows that Rashi and Chumash only the Rashi doesn't just bring down all midrashim or all Chazals. Rashi only says in Chumash what's needed and necessary to understand the Pshad and pasuk. Right? Everyone knows that. So on the pasuk of Arami Aviravi, that the farmer has to say this whole parsha of Arami Aviravi, Rashi makes a comment. And again, if Rashi is saying something, it means that without this comment, we're not going to understand the Pshad and pasuk. Says Rashi, Arami Aviravi, Maskir Chazdiha He's mentioning the farmer is recalling the kindness of Hashem towards the Jewish people. Maskir Chazdi He's mentioning the kindness of Hashem. So the question is, what's Rashi adding? Obviously, that's what he's reading. That the, those are the psukim. It, it goes without saying he's reading all the things that Hashem has done that has done for Klal Yisrael. What's Rashi adding with Mazkir Chaz Hamakim? The answer is what Rashi is trying to say is that that's a pshat. Words, that's why he's saying this is in order to for him to appreciate the Chaz Hashem for what. If you fully appreciate Chaz Hashem, then automatically you believe be Simcha. The whole inyan is leading up to that pasuk of the Kolatayv. Because of this, says the Gemara, since the whole mitzvah of Mikra Bikum, of reading Bikurim, of reading that parsha, is in order to fulfill the general mitzvah of a Samachta Atayv, therefore, says the Gemara, the only time that you're, that you're able to fulfill that mitzvah is going to be from Shurus until Sukkis, because that is Zman Simcha. That's the time where the harvest that you've reaped is still fresh in your mind and it's still new. So during that tkufa, when you then think about the goodness that Hashem has bestowed upon you, within the context of reading a Rami you'll be besimcha over your harvest. But once it comes sukkis, it's already old news. You know the nature of a person is that once it's already old, even though it's a good, it was a good thing, you're not going to be besimcha over it. So says the Gemara. You know how I know that what that you could only read mikra mikra you could only read the Parish of Rami Yehudavivi if you're bringing bikurim from shuls until Tosukis, because it says v'samachta b'kolatoyv means the whole inning of mikr Bikurim is in order to be b'simcha, and to be b'simcha is only possible when the harvest is fresh, and that's only from shwas until Sukkos. That's the sugya of Yuvamas. So again, the, f- the, the point is that says the Gemara in vesemach the is addressing the farmer, and it's coming to tell us this idea that mikr Bikurim is in order to evoke simcha, and the of the mitzvah of Mikr Bikurim, is only going to be in that window when we can expect them to be besimcha, which is between Shuas and sochuz. Now, within this context, the Gemara Yuvamis also brings up another halacha. <coughs> the Mishnah tells us in Bikurim as well, that talking about the farm, the, we were talking about the farm until now, the Mishnah of Bikurim then talks about the Kayin. The Kayan was given to Bikurim, and now he goes home, and I said, he goes home and he eats it. The mission of Bikurim says the halach is that the Kayan is only allowed to eat Bikurim. Look at it this way: a Kayin is not allowed to eat Bikurim if he's an avel or if he's an oinim. He's not allowed to eat Bikurim when he's an Oinin or an avel. That's the mission of Bikurim. Says the Gemara Yavamis, you know why? In other words, says the Gemara you know why? the The reason is. The reason is, says the Gemara, because the Pasik says regarding Maiser Sheni. Which is a different gift. The pasik is regarding Maisir Shani. There's a special pasik regarding Maisir Shani that Maisir Shani is not allowed to be eaten by a person that's an Einin or an Avel. And says the Gemara in Yevomis, we have a hekish. There's a pasik somewhere that connects Bikurim with Maisir Shani. So says the Gemara, just like Maisir Shani, you can't eat when you're an Einin or an Avel. So, so to Bikurim, you can't eat when you're an Einin or an Avel. The Gemara Yuvamist does not say that the source is v'samachta b'kolatoyv. In other words, I could have suggested that you know why a Kayan is not allowed to eat bikurim when he's an ovel or when he's an einin, because it says v'samachta b'kolatoyv. It says you should rejoice in the goodness, and when you're eating bikurim, when you're an ovel and you're an einin, clearly you're not pesimcha when you're an ovel and an einin. So how could you do? How could you eat bikurim? And it says v'samachta b'kolatoyv. The the, the, the Gemara Yevamos does not give that as the source. You know why? Because again, the Gemara Yivamis holds, Vesemach the Bekal Taif is not talking about the farmer. Uh, I'm sorry, it's not talking about the Kayan, it's talking to the farmer. So if you're now trying to figure out why the Kayan is now allowed to eat Bikurim when he's an Aval or an Aynin, the Gemara Yivamis is introducing us to this new Hekish, this not other drasha, seemingly unrelated to this pasuk, to tell us this new idea that a Kayan is now allowed to eat Bikurim when he's an Aynin or an Aval. But you can't say that it's because of a Samachta B'kola The Samachta B'kola is talking to the farmer, not the Kayin. That's the Sugiyun Yuvamus. Okay, fine. The problem is, is that there's a Gemara in P'sachem. There's a Gemara in P'sachem that also is talking about this Pasuk of a Samachta B'kola and seems to say that this Pasuk is talking to the Kayin, not the farmer. What do I mean? So the Gemara in, in Psachem talks about an interesting case. I said, the, 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 again, the farmer brings the bikurim and the Kayin takes it home and eats it says the Gemara Pesachim, let's say the Bikurim, it's any of the Shiv Saminim, including wheat. So let's say the Bikurim was wheat, and this is happening, let's say, before Pesach or something, uh, or whatever. I mean, the Bikurim were brought, uh, you know, he, he has the wheat, and, he's, and, he, and, and and the question the question of the Gemara Pesachim is, can the Kayan take the Bikurim of wheat, let's say, and turn it into matzah and eat it Pesach night by the Seder? Can he fulfill matzah if it's matzah made of Bikurim that's the shayel of the Gemara Pesachim the Gemara says no the Kayan is not allowed to take his Bikurim and turn into matzah for Pesach why not, what's wrong says the Gemara because matzah and Pesach has to be eaten it's called lechem aini, poor man's bread and says the Gemara how could you eat Bikurim on which it says that it should be eaten with rejoicing and simcha and how could you eat it as lechem ayini? So says the Gemara, Bikurim can't be for Matzah and Pesach, because Matzah and Pesach has to be Lechem ayini, and that's the opposite of a Samachta Whoa, one second. In the Sugi of Yevamis, we were told that a Samachta B'Kalatayv is talking to the Kayin. I'm, I'm sorry, I, the Samachta B'Kalatayv says the Gemara Yevamis is talking to the farmer, right? That Mikra is is for the farmer to be besimcha and so on and so forth. And that's why Mikra Bikurim is only going to be in the window from Shvuis until Sukkis. So it's all talking about the farmer. So what's the Gemara Psachim talking about? That the Kayan can't turn Bikurim into Matzah and Pesach because Matzah and Pesach has to be Lechem maini, and it says Vesemachta B'Kalatayv which is the opposite of Lechem Mayni. Vesemachta is talking to the farmer, not the Kayan. Why can't the kayan eat his Bikurim as Lechem maini? What does Vesemachta B'Kalatayv have to do with the Kayan? So it seems from the Gemara Pesachim Psachim that Vesemachta B'Kalatayv is talking to the Kayan that the Kayin is being told by the Pasuk, that you should rejoice in the Bikurim that you are given. And Memela, if he has to rejoice and he has to eat the Truma the B'Simcha, and so Memela, he then has to eat it, not as Lechem But the problem is, that's an opposite from the Gemara Yavanas. Again, as I mentioned before, if according to the Gemara Psachim let's say if you just like look at that Gemara isolated according to the Gemara Psachim it seems to be talking to the Kayin, right? that's why he can't turn the Bikurim into Matzah well in that case then why does the Gemara Yuvames have to come up with some sort of Hekish to prove to me that the Kayan can't eat Bikurim when he's in Oval <laughs> if he can't eat Bikurim if he has to eat Bikurim as Simcha then that's, that's your reason why he can't eat it as, he, as, as he's in Oval so what's going on over here? Says so Mama is just you're in the silkie. Again, the Gemara Yuvam is it would seem that vasmachta bakohtov is talking to the farmer. But the, the Gemara Psachim seems to say vasmachta bakohtov is in fact talking to the kohen. What becomes even more strange is that the Rambam seems to kind of make up a new Gemara. I'll, I'll give you an example. The Rambam in um in Hilchitz Bikurim. So he talks about this halakha that I mentioned of the Gemara in Yuvamis that a kayan is not allowed to eat bikurim when he's in Avil or when he's in Ainin. And I mentioned that the Gemara in Yuvamis gives the reason for that because of some side hekish, some side drasha, not because of a samakhtaba kalatayf. As I said, because of a samakhtaba is talking to the farmer, not the kayan. But listen to what the Rambam says in Hilchas bikurim. How do I know? that a Kayin is not allowed to eat Bikurim when he's an Oynin or he's in, when he's in Oval, says the Rambam, Because it says, that it should be done simcha, And that means that the Kayin has to eat Bikurim Baninus, Not when he's an Oval, not when he's an Oynin. So it's like Mama Shapela. The concept that the Ramam is saying, which, that it's talking to the Kayin, that is in line with the Sugi and psachim. And it's interesting that he's using that as the Makar of how I know that a Kayin can eat Bikurim as an Ovel, which is something the Gemara Yuvamis brought up, but not with that explanation. Gemara Yuvamis came up with an explanation of a Hekish because the Gemara Yuvamis is holding that Veslemach the Bakalataiv is talking to the farmer, not the Kayin. So the Rambam is sort of like bringing these two sughis together. So this is a Pella. Again, boiling it down, Yuvamis seems to say that Veslemach the is the farmer, and Psachim seems to say the Semachta is the Kain. So what's the answer? What's the what's the what's the what's the pshat? So the, the, it seems to me at least that the answer is hinted to in the Rambam himself. Again, this Rambam that I just quoted, that sort of is taking the concept of the Gemara Psachim that the Semachta be is talking to the farmer, but yet applying it to a halacha mentioned in the Gemara Yivamis that the Kayan I'm sorry, I messed up again. Nachmal the Rambam is is taking the concept of the Gemara Psachim, that the semach lebukolatoyv is 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 applying to the Kayan, right, and that's why he can't eat bikurim as matzah, right, and the Rambam is applying that that principle as well of the semach to another aspect of the Kayan eating chuma, which was really talked about in the Gemara that a Kayan is not allowed to eat bikurim when he's in ovel or when he's in oinim. But here, but again, let's let's pick up on the language of the Rambam. Again, the Rambam said, "How do I know that a, that a kain is now leipi bikkurim is an oynin or an avol Because it says Rambam, because it says by Bikurim, inferring to us we can learn out from there that a kain has to eat it bisemkha. We know every word of the Rambam is measured. What does the Rambam mean? Why does he need to add that word mechlal? No, as the Raman could have said very simple. How do I know a Kayin has to eat Bikurim, uh, that he's not eating Bikurim when he's an oval? Because it says It says he should rejoice in the goodness, which means that he has to eat a bisimcha. And simcha means not when he's an oval. You don't need that word makhal is completely unnecessary. Mikhlal always is a word that's used when you have something which is an idea, and you're sort of trying to apply it to something new or to some other place or, or learn out something which is not so clear and not so obvious. Over here, it's pretty straightforward. If a samachthab a in the way the ramam seems to be learning, like the Gemara of Sachim, it's talking to the kayin, then it's clear. The pasik is saying he should rejoice in Bikurim, which obviously means he can't eat it when he's an aval, he's, rejo- he's not in a state of rejoicing. What, what's machlaw? it comes out, we can deduce from here that he should eat it in joy. What do you mean, deduce from here? It says in Pasach, eat it with joy. If the Pasach is talking to the kain, in fact. So what does the Rambam mean by the word mechlal? In other words, the word mechlal seems to create a contradiction within the Rambam. On the one hand, the Rambam seems to be saying that this Pasach is talking to the Kayan. And that's how, and that's why we see from here that a Kayan can't eat it when he's an Ovil or when he's an einit But yet the word mechlal seems to be saying that really Vesemachta B'Kalatayv is not really talking to the Kayan and we're just sort of deducing it from here. So what's going on over here? So to me the answer seems to be as follows. Avada, the Gemarion Yudhomis, is correct. If you had to define and articulate on a simple level who's the Pasuk Vesemachta B'Kalatayv talking to, without a question it's talking to the farmer. That is the, that is the main person that the entire parsha has been speaking to. It says, when you get to Eretz Yisrael and you have a farm, you have to bring the first fruits to the base of the English, you, 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 you read Bikurim and you present it to the This the, the second, the, the, who, the, who Hashem Yisbarach is talking to in second person is the farmer. Hashem talks about the Kayan in third person. And then the Pesach says, V'samachta you should rejoice. The simple pshat is certainly it's going back to the person he's been talking to the whole time, which is the farmer. So Avada the Gemara is right, V'samachta B'Kalatov means that there's a mitzvah, that the entire essence of the mitzvah of Mikr Bikurim, which is on the farmer, is in order to get him to feel simcha over his mazel, over his atzlacha in business, his atzlacha in the harvest. And that's what the Pasuk is talking about. What the Gemara in Psachim is introducing us to is a new idea, which is that while the mitzvah of the Samach, is certainly on the farmer, there is a mitzvah on the Kayin, to be mashtatef in the simcha of the farmer. And as until now we were thinking about like two options. Either the farmer has to be happy, he's the Baal Simcha, or the Kayin is the Baal Simcha. The answer is, it doesn't have to be like that. The, the farmer is the Baal Simcha. But whenever you have a simcha and you invite people, they're mashtatef in your simcha. And by them being mashtatef it actually enhances your simcha as well is talking to the farmer but at the same time says the Gemar Psachem there is an idea as well that the Kayin has to be in the Simcha of the farmer when he's sitting down to eat his Bikurim in his home it can be miles away but what he's doing is sitting down and eating a Sudha for the farmer with the farmer you know, very often you have this, like, you know, people, let's say they can't make it to a wedding or something, they'll say, you know, and maybe people don't take it so seriously, but they'll say, you know, I'll have l'chaim with you, you know what I mean? I'm with you in spirit. That's not, there's a root in that entire, and that's over here. Wherever the kayin is, he's eating b'kurim, he has to eat a besimcha, but not because it's his simcha, it's because it's the kayin, it's the farmer's simcha, and he's being m'shtatev in that. Therefore, says the Gemara P'sachim, The Kayin is not allowed to eat Bikurim as Lechem Why? Because it has to be eaten by Simcha. That doesn't mean that the pasig is talking to the Kayin. It doesn't mean that the Kayin is the Bal Simcha. It means that he's mochif to be in the Simcha of the farmer. How do I know this idea? Where does this idea come from? That although the pasig is talking to the farmer, there's still a mitzvah on the Kayin to be mishtatev in the Simcha of the farmer. That is what we learn out from the Hekish. Remember I said that the gemara almost tells us that there's a Hekish Connecting Bikurim with Myser Shani to tell us that just as Bikurim, just as Shaini, you're not allowed to eat when you're an oval or an oinin, so to bikurim the Khan can't eat when he's an oval or an oinin. The concept over there is not just like this new halacha that is unrelated to any other thing. Like, okay, there's a new halacha that bikurim can't you can't eat when you're an oinin or an oval. No, 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 no. The hekish itself is coming to reveal to us this idea that although Veselmachta B'Kalatayv is talking to the farmer, but the Kayan has to eat his bikurim as part of the Simcha of the farmer. Ad Kedekach, that he's not allowed to eat it when he's in einin or an Oval. We wouldn't have come up with that idea on our own, because the Pasuk of Veselmachta B'Kalatayv is not talking directly to the Kayan. But once we have this Hekish telling us, this new Halacha, that a kayan is not allowed to eat the bikurim when he's in ovel instead of thinking of that as just an isolated halacha by itself Chazal understood that in the larger context that that hekish is revealing to us that although vismaqtaba kotah is talking to the farmer the kayan has an obligation to be meshtatef in the simcha of the farmer kach, that what that he's not able to eat his bikurim when he's anovel and for that reason says the gemara psachim he's also now allowed to eat the bikurim as Matz on pesach because again it's it's going to stare Who's Simcha? Not the Kayan Simcha, it's going to share the Balabayas' Simcha, it's going to share the farmer's Simcha. That's the, that's the aside. This is what the Ramam is trying to hint to when he says the word Mechlal Shulchayev Laichlum Essimcha. Again, the Kayan says the Ramam is not allowed to eat Bikurim when he's an Einan or an Oval. You know why? Because it says that he should rejoice in the good. Who's he? Not the Kayan, the farmer. But Mechlal Shulchayev Laichlum Essimcha. Contained within that, we can deduce as well that the kayin also has to eat it b'simcha. Not because the pasig is talking to the kayin, but because the kayin has a chiv to be in the simcha of the farmer. That's what Ramah means, Mechla, that he's, it, it's it's something that's deduced from, it's part of. The simcha of the kayin is a part of the simcha of the farmer. That's the aside. Okay. So now we have an interesting Nakuda and Halacha when it comes to Bikurim That Bikurim is a mitzvah that is rooted in the in of Simcha. We find this chiddush that over here we find that even though it's the simcha of the farmer, the kain is mechuiy to and to join and to participate on some level in the simcha of the farmer. So, as I mentioned, bikurim is a rosh Hashanah What does this tell us about rosh Hashanah? First of all, it tells us that there isn't enough simcha on rosh Hashanah, which is true. The Pasik also in Ezra famously says it's the day of chedva Hashem's the day of rejoicing with God. But the simcha of bikurim reflective of the Simcha of Rosh Hashanah is a Simcha that you have but also a Simcha that that, that the kain is with you so what does that mean, what is this telling us ok, so we have to get to the Pneumius of the Mitzvah B'Qurim, what's the meaning of, of the Mitzvah so, there's a unbelievable Sefer we have from the Kemarni Rebbe called Eitz Rachaim Eitz Rachaim, he goes, I mentioned, I've quoted it before, it's a, he goes through all the 613 Mitzvahs and explains them up east so, <coughs> there's two places in Chumash where the Mitzvah Bikurim is mentioned, in Parashas Mishpatim, and in Parashas Kisava. So in Parashas Mishpatim, the Kamarna over there explains the Indian of Bikurim and the Mitzvah Bikurim. And he explains the following idea. I'll share with you a few lines and we'll see and then we'll try to explain. He writes the Kamarne: Ki kol Hashem The Rabbah Hashem created the world, right? That's Rosh Hashanah, Hashem creates the world. And Hashem created many things in the world. There are certain things in the world that Hashem created which, which are obvious In that are obviously there in order for us to serve Hashem. So Hashem created um, Hashem created uh, you know uh, a little of an esric. You know, if you ask anyone uh, Yid, why did Hashem create the little of an esteric? it's uh, For the mitzvah, a of an esteric, to serve Hashem. Hashem created Hashem created uh, Eretz Yisrael, Makam HaMikdush. Why did Hashem create that piece of property? Fada in order to serve Hashem with it. But says the Kemarna, but the truth is, but then you have other things in life, which the revolution created, but they don't seem to have any inherent religious significance. Uh, a, certain, a pond here, a, a cup of water, uh, you know, olives, grapes, you name it. Everything of this world, most things are not bad per se. But they're not particularly religious in nature. And when you look at them, it doesn't scream to you that this was created for Avadis Hashem. But says the Kamarna, but that's not true. Kol Paul Hashem says in Pasik, everything Hashem created was for his sake. It was for the sake of Avadhis Hashem. And said the Kamarna, not only is that a nice idea, but because that is the essence and that is the deepest desire and motivation behind the creation of everything. The very fact that you have something in this world that's not being utilized and not being incorporated into Avaidis Hashem means that this object is in Gallas. That's what it means. This object, Ba'etzem, is was created for the purpose of Avaidis Hashem, and it's not being used for Havadis Hashem, it's not being recognized as part of that universe of Avaid Hashem, then that means this thing is not living up to its own identity. It's not it's not it's not it's not connecting to its root. It's not living in, in in congruence, it's not living in in, in in harmony with what it is, with what its purpose is. And says the Kamarna, this is what it means when we, you know in in Khitzwarma in, and in Panemis we find this idea that the tachos of a Jew's Avaid in life is to go through life to Mavarnitsute Kedusha, to say to redeem sparks of of Kedusha. In everything there's some divine spark and your Avaid is to redeem it, to take it out of Galas What does that mean? Practically, in, in practical terms, what it means is that everything you engage in is in a state of exile until it's reunited with its purpose. And its purpose is to serve Hashem. Its purpose is to be seen as something that's part of this larger structure that's called a world of aveda instead of seeing it as a secular world, and then sometimes I'm in that world, and sometimes I exit that world, and I go to Avaidah Hashem, everything has to be seen as part of Avaidah Hashem. And that's not just a nice idea. That is the purpose of creation itself. That is the underlying essence of all of reality, that this is an instrument of Avaidah. And until it turns into an instrument of Avaidah, then this itself is is, is living a lie. It doesn't have its real identity. So says the Kamarna, the Isha Belakov, therefore a person that really is living the way we're supposed to live, that in the state of Dvakis, the call then that Jew walks through life constantly redeeming everything, constantly realigning all of reality that he that he that he comes in contact with, with what its underlying essence is and what its purpose is. Connecting the creation Hashem did with why Hashem created it. The cold over Shiroya, the Shemaya, Everything he sees, hears, smells, touches, everything he comes in contact with, he's always looking and trying to find it and see it as a vehicle of avodah, as something that he can use to come closer to Hashem. By doing so, not only is he becoming elevated, but the object himself itself that he's engaged with is is being redeemed, is being elevated, is being reunited, is being reunited with its root and finding its tachlis and its purpose. Says the Kemarna, you do an unbelievable accomplishment with this for yourself and for the object that you're engaged in. But here's the problem. That's the ideal. That's the ideal. The problem is, is that there's two issues. Number one, not everyone can be in such a such a state of mind. Most of the time, you need a, a high level of meich and the godless in order to be in that framework, in order to engage in all things of this world with such a mindset. To always be on, to always have the presence of mind to see everything as a tool of Avaidah HaShem, to eat for Avaidah, to sleep for Avaidah, to engage in conversations for Avaidah, it's very difficult. So the average person has that issue. You know, how could a person, you know, every once in a while, you could be makashi yourself to that, but it's very hard constantly, number one. Number two, even if I am reuniting this object with its root in Avaidah HaShem, but my Avaidah HaShem is limited. I'm not as great as, as a tzaddik. And so, if this spark, so to speak, if this piece of the world needs to be reunited with its root and be uplifted to a level of where it's now part of that universe of what is Hashem, it's chaval that I'm the one that that met this piece of property. It would be much better if it was the bar or some big tzaddik that's engaging in this activity and he could, be, he could bring it to a much higher place than I can. So these are two issues that come up with this idea. Number one, I, what if I don't have the presence of mind as much as I should? And I, I, I'm not a tzaddik like that. And number two, even if I do have that presence of mind, my reach is not as high as a tzaddik. So I can only bring it to a certain height, so to speak, but a tzaddik can go much higher. Says the Kamarna, it's, it's for this that the Rabbana gave us, the mitzvah of Bikurim. The mitzvah of Bikurim is fundamentally this idea, which is taking something of this world which is inherently neutral and insignificant and has, doesn't seem to, on the surface have anything to do with Avodis Hashem, like a grape or a or a fig or a date, and realizing this inyan that everything is created for Avaida and everything has to be reunited to its root in Avaidah Hashem, and by doing so, you're bringing that piece of reality out of Gaulas and into gula. That's what the Mitzvah B'Qurim is, where you take the first fruit, which was neutral, and you bring it to Beis HaMikdash. Beis HaMikdash means Avaidah Hashem, means the universe of Avaida. And the Mitzvah Bikurim, as well comes to solve those two chasrani that I mentioned. Chasr number one was that I don't always have the meichen, right? I don't always have the consciousness of mind, the presence of mind to do this. Comes the Mitzvah Bikurim to reveal to us a certain secret, which is that if you can do this in Reishas, in the beginning, then everything else is contained within that. In other words, the job of this Jew as a farmer is really to uplift and to unite all of his grapes in Avadis Hashem. Not just his grapes, but to unite all the money that he'll make from selling his grapes and to unite all of the things that he's going to use with that money over the coming year to Avadis Hashem. And so that becomes a very, very tall order. But says the Rabbana Shalom, a, cool, a leniency, and that's what we revealed in Bikurim, that if you can take the rashes, from which all of your activity of this coming year in terms of commerce is going to unfold. But it all starts with that original grape, that original date, that original uh, that original pomegranate. Everything that's going to be in, in the year's harvest with all of the money and eshtadlus and asek and conversations, vechulu, it's all contained in that pomegranate. And if you can take that pomegranate in that moment and bring it back to God, then everything else is contained in that. And on some level, means that you've redeemed everything else. And it's going to allow it to be easier for you to then go according to this coming year and try to raise it up. But even if you don't have the presence of mind, on some level, it's already been redeemed because of that ratio. So Bikurim comes to solve that first issue. What about the second issue of what? That my reach is not as great as a tzaddik. So it comes the Mitzvah Bikurim to solve that as well. It says in Pasuk, take the Bikurim, bring it to the Kayan. And let the Kayin, who's the Tzaddik, the Kayin will then eat your Bikurim and he'll have the kavanas that he has. And by him eating your first fruit with the Kavanis that the Tzaddik has, by doing so, he's taking all of your Avaida and bringing your Avaida to the next level. So you are partnering with him. You're passing the baton over to him. You're taking that first pomegranate which contains all of your effort that you're ever going to have this coming year in terms of hishtadlus, with your harvest, and you are raising it up to Avaidah Hashem, to the world of Avaidah, as best as you can. But when you do that, then the tzaddik comes and partners with you and takes it to the level that the tzaddik is able to reach. And then on some level, because it started from you and the tzaddik is benevolent and helps you with your Avaidah, because of that, it's all as if you raised it to that highest level. So both of the Chesroinus, both of the problems that emerge with this Avaidah of bringing everything back to Hashem, of reuniting everything back to its purpose, is solved by the Mitzvah B'Kurim. Everything is dependent just on the rachis, And number two, you can connect to a tzaddik, and the tzaddik will be Meshtatev in your Avaidah, and take your Avaidah to the next level. This is the panemius of what it means that the Kayin has the Mitzvah to be besimcha, but his Simcha is as he's Meshtatev in the Simcha of the Balabai's. It says in Pasuk, ki that the nature of gaula is b'simcha. Golas means depression, gaula means simcha. Ki The reason why Bikurim requires a state of simcha is because the pnimius of Bikurim is taking everything out of Golas, taking all of your harvest out of its Golas and redeeming it and realigning it with its purpose. Whenever something is realigned with its root, whenever something is taken out of Golas, it always generates simcha. That is the state of simcha. Ki and since the mitzvikurim is that the farmer does his part but the tzaddik then takes the avoid of the farmer and takes the avoid of the farmer to the next level so in halacha that reverberates that the kayan has to be besimcha, but the simch of the kayan is over his, over his in his connection to the simch of the farmer because really it's, this, it's the avoid of the farmer that's being elevated and it's being given an even deeper ge'ula by the Kayan. but ultimately it's the farmer's simcha, it's the farmer's havaid that's being elevated. This is the site of Bikurim. If this is Bikurim, this is Rosh Hashanah. When the Rabban created the world on the first day of creation, which was really the 25th of El, the Rabban created Admin Chava on the sixth day of creation, that's Tishrei. What's the havaid of Admin Chava? Why would we celebrate the creation of the world, the on the last day of creation when Admin Chava are created? The answer is, before Admin Chava are created, the world is neutral, the world is secular, the world is is in Galas, the world is is, is, is is not in line with its purpose, comes Adam and Chava, who are then created in the world, and Adam and Chava then realign all of creation with its Tachlas, that Adam and Chava go around and raise up everything and see everything as an instrument in Avadis Hashem. That's the purpose of Adam and Chava. Adam and Chava then come on Rosh Hashanah and redeem all of reality, which means that our avayda, that's our as well, to take everything of this coming year And turn everything into Avaida, Realign everything with its purpose. But just as we saw with Bikurim, that that's a very tall order. It's a tall order, first of all, because it takes the presence of mind to be like that every single moment of every single day. And number two, there's only so far-reaching we can bring it. So just as Bikurim solved those problems, so too Rosh Hashanah solves those problems. Since Rosh Hashanah is the first day of the year, on some level, everything that's going to happen right, is decreed in Rosh Hashanah. Which means, on some level, everything that's going to happen is contained in the day of Rosh Hashanah. If a person is able to muster the strength mentally, to be focused throughout the entire day of Rosh Hashanah, that whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're doing, whatever you're saying, you're doing it L'Shem Shemaim, you're doing it as a tefillah, you're doing it as a way of doing a mitzvah, you're doing it for a purpose, you're doing it with the sense of aligning your life during that one day or two days back to the Rabbani Shluelam, then just as Bikurim, that first fruit contains every future fruit of that entire harvest, so to Rosh Hashanah. That day contains every moment of every single day of the coming year. And if we can realign that day of Rosh Hashanah with its purpose, then that itself means that everything of, of the coming year is going to be realigned with its purpose. That's the Tachlis. And just as Bikurim revealed to us this secret, that you can partner with a tzaddik in order to, re- in order to bring your aveda higher, so too Rosh Hashanah also has that quality. It's because of this that the Shulchan Paskin, these two things, as I mentioned in the beginning, that there's an inner of Rosh Hashanah making simonim, right? Taking something that's neutral, like a pomegranate seed, or a fish head, or a pond of water, and somehow turning it into an instrument of aveda that's not a random thing. That's the whole inin of Rosh Hashanah. The whole inin of Tachlis Abriah, of Adam and Chava, is to take reality that already was created and realign it with its Tachlis. Realign it and to redefine it as a part of Malchus Hashem. That's the Tachlis of Rosh Hashanah. And because of that, if you do that on that day, everything is uplifted in the coming year. Number one. Number two, says the Shulchan Aruch, go to Kivrit there's an end of going to a tzaddik and connecting to a tzaddik because whatever you're able to do on Rosh Hashanah, the tzaddik can then partner with you, just like the kain with the farmer and take your simcha to the next level, take your gula to the next level. That's the site of Rosh Hashanah, That's the avayt of Rosh Hashanah. No, so it's not an easy thing, but for one or two days, we could p- begin to prepare ourselves to have that meichen, that whatever we're experiencing as, you know, whether it's according to plan, not according to plan, whatever it is, it's what the Rav wants, and to try to hear Hashem's voice in everything we experience and to try to use everything we experience dur- during those two days to really reconnect our lives to the Rabbani Shalom and by doing so then the entire year will be uplifted and we makash our ourselves in particular to tzaddikim and believe in them and that takes our avaita way way up to the next level Hashem should bless us we should have a good year a good Rosh Hashanah and with that is Hashem a good year Shana tovim on all levels